Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19. And it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And then if you'd skip over, amen, the next book, the book of Mark, probably the next page. Mark chapter 16 and verse number 15, and we'll read that as well. Amen. It is a uh, different way that the writer Mark relates this story in the encounter of the last few words that Jesus gave them. And Mark chapter 16, verse number 15 says it like this. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Amen. So for a few moments now, I'm going to talk to you about uh, a soul conscious church is an expanding church. A soul conscious church is an expanding church. Amen. Can you say that with me tonight? A soul conscious church is an expanding church. And we're going to talk about that tonight for a few moments. Why don't we set our Bibles aside and let's ask the Lord to bless, amen, the ministry of the word today. Lord, we thank you right now. We come to you, Lord, humbly and boldly at the same time. And God, we're asking you today that you would speak to us, speak to our church, move in this place tonight, God. We need the touch. We need the help. We need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, you would confirm your word in this place tonight with signs and wonders following the preached word of God tonight. We love you, Lord, and we praise you and we magnify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Matthew's account says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The I believe it's the International Standard Version uh, says it this way, as ye go. So the King James says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them and so on. But the International Standard Version says it a little bit differently. And I think it bears repeating tonight. It says, as ye go. And the implication there is, as you go about living your lives, there, 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 we can't take away from the fact that the word says, go ye therefore and, uh, and teach all nations. There, there's a going out, there's an extending out of the church of God, amen, that is, that is obedient to the word of God. But another translation says, as ye go, 
As you go about your normal life, if you will, as you go about living your normal life, going to work, going to the store, going uh, going home, going to, uh, through the neighborhood, going to the park, going to whatever it is, a place of commerce that you go to, going wherever you are in your life, as you're going and as you're living this life, be soul conscious, if you will. As you are going, uh, as you're living your life, be soul conscious. The word nations that is used in Matthew 28 and 19 to dissect this verse for a few moments tonight. The word nations that is used here is from the Greek word that means ethnos. uh, Where we get in the English language the word for ethnicity. Uh, So you could begin to begin. You could begin to understand the scripture a little bit more clearly as it talks about as you go uh, living your life. Uh, be reaching out to every ethnicity. And the, the beauty of this scripture in 2819, uh, there's lots of nuggets in this scripture, but the beauty of it is that this word of God, this scripture, this Bible is not uh, for a specific ethnicity. It's not for a specific flesh color, if you will. It's not for a specific race. Uh, it is for all races. It is for all ethnicities. It is for every flesh color. It is for every walk of life. This church and specifically Abundant Life Center should never be a church that people look through the window of the church and they see all white people or they see all uh, brown people or all black people or all yellow people or whatever skin flesh color you have. They should not look in and see, oh, that I can't go to that church because that's a black church or that's a white church or that's a uh, Mexican church. But they should be able to look in the window and say, yeah, I think I could fit in in that church. That looks like a church that is obeying Matthew 28, 19 and is reaching out to every ethnicity, to every people from every walk of life, every language, every tribe, every tongue. Amen. And that is uh, the mindset that we need to take with us as a church. As we are going about living our lives, amen, we are looking for anybody that is hungry for God. We are looking for anybody that is uh, that is uh, hungry for more in life. And we are not trying to discriminate and say, oh, I can't talk to that person because they're, uh, they look like they're this or they look this way or they look that way. But understanding that this gospel works as I am living my life. Amen. And for everybody that I meet in my life throughout the course of my day, this gospel still works. Can I tell somebody today that this gospel still works? This message, amen, that I have right here in my hand, the Bible, the Word of God, it still works in 2019 just like it did in 30 A.D. or 100 A.D. or the year 1901 or 1906. It still works. And it is a message for all people. It's a message for all people. The Word of God says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And this is not my topic tonight, but let me stop and tell you that according to John 5 and 43, the name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus in Matthew 1 and 21. And, the, and in, in John 14 and 26, the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. So when we baptize, we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. 
Amen. When we're baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, amen, the Bible says that uh, all of our sins are washed away. All of the past life that we had, amen, it is uh, it is buried in the watery grave and it never comes up out of that grave. And, and God washes away a multitude of sins. Amen. It's not what I'm talking about tonight, but for a few moments, amen, water baptism in Jesus' name is still the only way to get rid of a life full of sin and to allow the blood of Jesus to cover all of the sins of your past. Amen. Water baptism by immersion in the name of Jesus is still the only way to get remission from sins. In spite of what anybody else tells you or every other religious organization tells you, the Word of God teaches us, amen, that baptism in the name of Jesus is for the remission of sins. It works today. These are the last words. If, if you stood next to a person on their dying bed and they had a few last breaths that they were given by the Lord and a few last words, everybody in that room is looking at that person on, that, on their deathbed and just listening. Okay, grandpa or uncle or, or dad, he's, he's saying his last few words. We're going to all listen. Is he going to tell me he loves me? Is he going to... Give me direction for my life or some direction for my marriage, whatever it is. And we're all listening attentively. These are some of the last few words that Jesus gave before he ascended into heaven. He said, for you are to go and you are to teach all nations. Amen. The uh, the responsibility that I'm putting upon the church, the responsibility that I'm putting upon the people of God is they are to go. They are to extend themselves. They are to go out from where they are and they're to reach somebody else and they're not to discriminate uh, on the basis of color. They're not to discriminate on the basis of, of financial uh, background. They're not to discriminate on, on heritage and their, who their daddy is or their mommy is, but they're to just say, whoever is hungry, whosoever will, as the Bible says, let him come. Yes. And so I'm preaching tonight for a few moments on a soul conscious church is an expanding church. And I'm going to continue to build upon that topic, that theme tonight. In Mark chapter 16 and 15, we read it a few moments ago. It is go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And it's easy to sit back and, and maybe it's our first inclination to as we hear, we read a scripture. Do you have that scripture, Sister Gina? Mark chapter 16 and 15. He said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's easy to sit, see that scripture and think, that is a clear directive word to the ministry. That's a clear directive word to those that are called to preach. They are to preach the gospel to every creature. And we could relegate that to the pulpit ministry. We can relegate that to the missionary in the, in the foreign land. We could say, yeah, that's the job of uh, of the uh, the pastor, that's the job of the evangelist, that's the job of the missionary. He's there to preach the gospel, but that's not that's not exactly what it's saying in this particular uh, verse of scripture. Uh, in another version, it, and even as you study the Greek, uh, it lets you to know. Uh, and, and studying also the definition of that particular word and, and the color of that situation, it says, "Then he told them, as you go into all the world." As you go into all the world, and that is still staying in perfect agreement with Matthew 28, 19. As you go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to everyone. 
To preach is to proclaim or to publish a message. So we talk about proclaim. To preach is to proclaim. That's not having to have, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a pulpit to do it. You, in this place, in this building, can proclaim, can tell somebody about the gospel message. We think we got to explain to everybody that we meet on the street. Uh, they're gonna if I if I if I stick my neck out, they're gonna ask me to explain the Godhead. They're gonna ask me to explain the millennial the millennial reign, and we we get scared and we don't step out. Uh, but the the word that Jesus said is proclaim the gospel. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. The gospel is the death. Which is, uh, we see that when a person comes to the Lord and they repent of their sins. And they say, God, I'm not just sorry for my actions, but God, I'm going to stop doing the things I'm doing and I'm going to live for you. That's the death. That's the repentance. And the burial is, uh, is, uh, is, is uh, symbolized and typifies uh, when a person is baptized in Jesus' name. We're buried with him in baptism. And all of our sins are washed away. And, and as it talks about the, the death, burial, and the resurrection. The resurrection is the uh, gift of the Holy Ghost that God wants to give everybody. So when the Lord himself says, go as you go into every, everywhere you go, uh, proclaim the gospel. It's just simply, can you tell somebody what the gospel message is? In the, in the business world, they have a term. It's called, uh, what's your elevator pitch? If you're in an elevator and you're going up to the umpteenth floor, you can talk to a person for maybe 30 seconds, maybe one minute. You don't have a lim- limited amount of time. And if you will, there, there, there's a there's an approach we can use that we can give people the gospel. We have to be able to understand the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the you know, the Holy Ghost. But to preach is to proclaim or to publish. And sometimes we think that preaching is just proclaiming verbally. There's also the publish. When I, when I read that word publish, I'm thinking of you're writing something and it's, you're publishing it to the world that reads, the, the consumers of your literature, the consumers of, of the things that you wrote. But as I begin thinking about this and preparing for tonight, there's a whole host of ways that you and I can publish the gospel. How many has Instagram? How many has Facebook? How many has Snapchat? We're getting down to... How many has Twitter? There's all these different social media platforms where you can write stuff And you can give the gospel to people. You can use the the means that we have in society to publish the gospel. That is preaching. We are proclaiming either verbally to somebody that you meet at the gas station or at Starbucks or at the the grocery store. Or sometimes it's just simply as, you know, I I follow Sister Gina and she just is always publishing Scriptures and thoughts and and the word is getting out. There, there's I want to use every way I can to get a message out. I want to proclaim it or I want to publish it. You don't have to be called 
to be a preacher, to be a witness. You don't have to say, well, I feel called of God to be a witness. Because Jesus said to everybody, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go as you go throughout the world, proclaim this message of the death, the burial, the resurrection everywhere you go. As you're going out about your day and you can make it a point to even as you're getting ready to head out the door and you're uh, for the man that grabs his wallet, throws it in his back pocket. As you're grabbing your wallet, make sure you slip in a one a day in your in your wallet, your billfold. Just slip in. Hey, here's a here's a card, a church card. I'm, I'm just going to try to invite someone. I just got one card today. If you're if you're a lady, and you're, you're heading out and you have the ability to to take. Multiple one a days, take multiple one a days and just be soul conscious. I got this card in my wallet. I'm going to try to give that to somebody today. I'm going to make sure that I keep a, 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 a mind that is looking and trying to be sensitive to somebody in my world that needs God. And if we, Abundant Life Center, will be a soul conscious church, we will always be an expanding church. Amen. Let's continue to expand and knock out walls and make room and bring in more chairs, Brother Danny, and do everything we can to see the kingdom of God expand. Because make no mistake about it, it is the will of God that this be an expanding church. We ought to always be trying to expand the kingdom and say, God, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. And let it come right through my, through my life and through me, God. Use my life. Use me, God. I want to be a vessel, Lord, for expanding the kingdom of God. I want to be a soul winner. I want to do more than what I'm doing right now. I don't know about you, but I want to do more. I want to see God use me, and I want to see God use this church to reach somebody. Amen. How many's ever used a magnet? I probably have 100% on this. How many's ever used a magnet? You guys know what a magnet is, right? Everyone knows what a magnet is? I'll say it like this. This is how one preacher said it. A magnet is a magnet is a magnet is a magnet. Do you get it? If you had a magnet that only worked once a week, what would you do with that magnet? You'd toss it in the trash. You say, this magnet, this is dumb. This magnet only works on Saturdays. i got to find a different magnet for every other day of the week to... To pin the announcements to my fridge. This magnet is worthless. It only works once a week. And you, you, if you had a magnet like that, you'd throw it away and you'd get you another one. But, and I thought, and, and, and I, I'm preaching to myself here for a few moments along with you tonight. But sometimes uh, we can be soul winners just once a month or once a week. And God's called us to be magnets, amen, to draw people and to reach for people to come into the house of God and to come into closer relationship with God. And yet we, we, we throw away a magnet the first time it stopped working, but yet God works with us even though we're not uh, continually reaching and drawing for somebody else in this world. Amen. We've got to be consistent. And if this is going to be an apostolic church, and it's going to be an apostolic church, it's going to require that daily they were added to the church, amen, such as they should be saved. And it is the will of God that here in Latham there be daily additions to the house of God. Because everywhere I go, Sister Felicia, I'm, I'm drawing people, amen, not to myself, but to him. And they see me, and they see him, 
and they say, I want what you got. What do you got? What are you working with? Amen. What's going on in your life? I want what you've got. And I want that Holy Ghost to, to work in my life, in my life, and through my life every day of the week, throughout the day. I want to be consistent. I don't want to be like that magnet that only works works once a month or works once a week. But I want to be that magnet that everywhere I go, amen, there's divine attraction to my life. There's divine attraction to the Spirit of God that's down on the inside of my life. And I, I believe it's the will of God that there be divine attraction to this church, to this Amen. Group of people, an apostolic, one God, holiness church. There should always be divine attraction that people even drive by and say there's some Holy Ghost filled children of God in that place. And I gotta see what's going on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's why it's so important to make sure that we stay prayed up and full of the Holy Ghost and in perfect alignment with God because I don't want anything, amen, to stop that divine law of attraction that God wants to bring about in this church and in this city. I want to be consistent. It has always been the will of God that His people be used to reach out and touch somebody else. If you're if you find yourself sitting at a Starbucks, I use that location as an example because I'm there a lot. If you find yourself sitting at a Starbucks and you just feel, I should invite that guy to church next to me or that gal to church next to me. It ain't the flesh telling you that, honey. It ain't the devil telling you to do that. It's, it's God saying, hey, Brother Paul, look behind you. There's someone there that needs to, you to witness to them. It's always been the will of God that his people reach out and touch someone else, touch the world around us. This is, uh, and I, I appreciate talking to Brother Walmer, and, and we had a conversation some time ago about uh, in the New Testament, the apostles, they preached from the Old Testament. They, they knew that thing forward and forward and backward. They, they knew that and they preached from the Old Testament uh, all the time. That's all they had at their, in their disposal, uh, except also for the experiences they had with Jesus. But before that was written, they just had, amen, the Old Testament. That's what they had. They preached from it. And we can find examples of what I'm talking about tonight in the Old Testament. Of the people of God reaching out and, and God trying to use his people to reach out and touch somebody else and bring somebody else in. Amen. The, the Jewish people, amen, are not the only people that God wants to minister to, that God wants to bless, that God wants to work with, that God wants to save. Amen. Because in the word of God, in the book of Jonah, chapter 1 and chapters 3 and chapters 4, amen, we see the Lord beginning to speak to Jonah. Amen. There's a city of Nineveh. Amen. That they're they're wretched, they're wicked, they're sinful, they're vile, they're disgusting. But Jonah, amen, I, I, I've got mercy for them. I want to show them some compassion. Jonah, what I want you to do is I want you to go into that city and I want you to go throughout every neighborhood and I want you to preach. Right. I want you just to, just to preach exactly what I tell you, Jonah. And God used Jonah, amen, after a, few, a little bit of fighting going back and forth, God used Jonah. To reach out to a city of Nineveh and to, to preach what God had spoken to do. What God had spoken for him to say. Jonah simply preached what God told him to say. 
And God did the rest. We have that same commandment to us. Jesus simply said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost. Go ye to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We've been given a simple message. And yet we oftentimes we may say, Oh, Jonah, man, that guy's a rebel. Jonah, that guy, he is a what a piece of work, that Jonah guy. Not talking about Brother Noah. Even though he gets he gets a Jonah notification more often than not. But we, we could say, Jonah, man, that guy, he he was so cruel and mean and unmerciful. And, and yet, you know, God just told him to give a simple message and he didn't want to do it. But yet God has spoken to us in Matthew and Mark, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Just just give them the gospel. Just tell them the death, burial, and the resurrection. Just tell them about repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the Holy Ghost. Just tell them. It's a simple message. And we say, well, God, you know, <laughs> Jonah, yeah, that guy's bad, but, you know, I... I, I don't know about me. I got my own reasons, excuses. Amen. Just tell the people what God wants you to say. You don't have to have a fancy and elaborate message. We get so intimidated and we get so uh, afraid and fearful and timid and thinking, man, if they ask, if, if I start talking to them, they're going to ask me about why God placed you know, the tree of uh, knowledge of good and evil right in the garden. And I'm going to say, oh, well... Why they're going to ask me about all these different nuances of the Bible, and I'm going to have difficulty explaining. Just give them the message, Jonah. Just give them the message, Jonah. God wants to use this group of people that's in this building tonight, amen, to be a Jonah. And to say, here's the gospel message. Here's what God told me to tell you. I'm just going to leave that there. I don't know what else to do or say, but I got the gospel. Here's the gospel. I'm going to allow God to use me. It could be something simple like Jonah's Jonah's message. It impacted all of Nineveh. It brought a, tr- a citywide revival. It brought the whole room, the whole city to their knees in prayer and fasting. And you want to know how fancy Jonah's message was? Jonah's message. Here it is. I'll give it to you in under 20 seconds. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Okay, thank you. And he went to another neighborhood and said, Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Okay, next neighborhood. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Okay, God, I've got three more today. He just did what God told him. And that word of God that God gave him, it began to get into hearts and the minds of the people of Nineveh. And they said, wait a minute. What did you say? Well, you're going to have to ask somebody else because I ain't saying it again. I already, I did my part, God. I, Jonah, had, he didn't have the right heart, okay? But he, if, he, if you can just obey God, and this shows us just a, the importance of obedience. Just, just obey what God told you to do. God will take care of the rest. Just speak the word of God. Just speak what God's given you. Just speak. If God says, if God gives you three words, Brother Nate, for that guy in your job, and that's all he gives you. You just speak the three words and say, okay, God, I did what you told me to do. Now you do the rest, God. And if if we'll be obedient like Jonah and just simply say, okay, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. I think I got it memorized. Okay, God, here we go. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And all of a sudden the people begin to move and say, what did he say? What's going on? I feel conviction. Uh, What do we got to do? We better start repenting. We better call a fast. Amen. And the king began to call a fast. And the city came to its knees in prayer and repentance and fasting 
and God began to work miracles in Nineveh. Yes, God moved outside of the Jewish Hebrew people. God worked outside of the Israelites. And God said, I'm going to use you if you'll allow me, Jonah, to reach the world at large. It still is the will of God that there be a people of God that say, God, I'm a vessel. I'm a willing vessel. I want you to use me. Whatever the message is, God, just use me to preach, to proclaim, to publish this message. It could be simply putting an Instagram post. I'm going to simplify really simple. I am sure that all of, not all of your followers go to this church. I am sure that not all of your friends on Facebook, I put that in quotations, your friends on Facebook are living for God. I am sure that some of your friends on Facebook don't even live for God, don't even know about God, and you could do as simple as just begin to publish some stuff. And you can put out a post that God says, you know what, uh, if anybody out there wants a Bible study, I'm available for them. I'll give you a Bible study. You know what, if there's anybody out there that's in my friends list on Facebook that they, they want to know about God, I, just ask me. I think I can tell you a little bit. If you're looking for something deeper and God begins to speak to you and God wants to use you, amen, to reach your world in 2019 like he could not do in 1981, but God wants to do it in 2019 through every resource, through every body that's available. God, let me be available. Let me be a willing vessel. I want to be you. By God, I may not be called to preach, but I can publish this word. I can tell somebody about the gospel. I can be used by God. God, and we see the example in the book of Jonah. God uses people to reach out and touch the world around them. We see going even further back in the book of Joshua, chapters 2 and chapter 6. Amen. We read about the woman named Rahab. That was a part of, uh, of that, that great city of Jericho. She was not a, a, a chosen child of God, if you will. Amen. Rahab, amen, was a harlot. Rahab was from the other side of the tracks. Rahab had a reputation. Rahab did not, uh, uh, wasn't your first choice when you wanted to, to choose the ministry team. But Rahab had a heart that said, I I heard about a people that got a God in heaven that loves him, that protects him, a God that's real, a God that brings deliverance from Egyptian, amen, captors. I heard about a God, and there's going to be people in this world, in your world of influence that are Rahabs, that say, I heard about your church, Sister Dee Dee. I heard about your church, Brother Josh. I know about your kind. And they're going to be looking, amen, uh, for a scarlet thread, if you will. Amen. They're looking for somebody, amen, to just give them a little bit of direction. Here's what you've got to do. Here's how you can know that God that you've heard all about. Here's how you can know that God, amen, that's real. A very present help in the time of need. Here's a scarlet thread. Hallelujah. God has been seeking to reach this world through his people since the beginning of time. God has been speaking even to Abraham. In you shall all the world be blessed. It's going to be through you, Abraham. It's going to be through the people of God that God wants to work. There's going to be people that that Brother Daniel and Sister Beatrice can reach that I can never touch. I just, I may never go into that 
I never, I may never go to where they're going. There's going to be people that Brother Nate sees that I'll never have the opportunity to see. But as we're going, as we're moving, as we're living life, reach somebody. I'll tell you a story about myself. Something that happened, this has been a few years ago. A group of young men and myself, when I was a, I think I was a teenager or a young adult, we were on a three-day shut-in. What that is is we just went to the church all day, every day, all day, every day for some people. We went to the church and we prayed and we fasted. We didn't eat. We just prayed and fasted. And we got out of that prayer and fasting chain and we broke that fast. Hallelujah to God. We went down to the local Mexican restaurant and just ate to our heart's content. I don't remember what happened after, but we ate a big meal. We just we made we made we did some ketchup work. And uh, on the way from the restaurant back to the church to get our cars, because uh, we had ridden together, we were stopped at the signal light in front of the church, waiting to turn left to go into this Christian Life Center at the time. And we're at the signal light waiting to turn left. And I think it was like, you know, one or two in the morning. It was really late. Um, and we we're just at the stoplight. We just looked over at the guy next to us in the car. A group of guys that could probably have been trouble in Stockton. Uh, but we looked over and said, hey, roll your window down. Said, okay. This is back, this is a long time ago. And uh, we said, hey, do you, do you know Jesus? Do you want the Holy Ghost? I think we got some, something crazy like that, out of the blue. He's probably like, what? Yeah, we were like all into it. Yeah, do you, do you want the Holy Ghost? Have you heard about Jesus? And we began witnessing to them because it was like so late in the morning, there was no other cars on the road. And we just had this, conversation through the window for like 15 minutes and finally said why don't we just pull over here and go to the church parking lot and we'll tell you more about it and we just right there in the church parking lot pray with them you got the holy ghost we baptize them in the middle of the night and all we were doing was just at a stoplight i'm giving you an extreme example so you can see hey it's as you go it's as you go, amen, proclaim this word to everywhere everywhere that you are. Everybody, don't look over in the other car and say, man, that guy looks scary. I'm not going to talk to him. If God speaks to you and God says, talk to him, if you feel boldness and just crazy faith, you just step out and do it, and I guarantee God will work for you. Amen. It was just happening as we went. We said, hey, do you want the Holy Ghost? Have you heard about Jesus? No, I haven't heard about it. Well, man, pull over. We'll tell you some more. And God worked in that young man's life. It's as you go. It's as you go. Amen. Tell somebody about Jesus. God wants to use this group of people. God wants to use Sister Felicia to reach the neighborhood you live in. God wants to use Sister Gina to reach the neighborhood you live in. God wants to reach people in different walks of life, in different neighborhoods throughout this city, every, every nationality, every skin color, every language. Eventually, it's my dream, my vision, if you will, that there, we have a translation booth here. And we can just translate to all the languages. If that's the will of God. That's what the church looks like. It's touching every nation. It's touching every language. It's touching every tribe. And it, it's the will of God that this be a multi-ethnic church. Amen. That there be people from every walk of life sitting on these chairs in this church. And to reach every ethnos, every ethnicity. It's the will of God. 
And there is a reason why God put Abundant Life Center in the city of Latham. There is a reason why God put your family in the place where it is. Amen. God put you there so you can reach that place, so you can reach that area, that neighborhood, that city. And if you allow God to work through your life, there will be some Rahabs that come out of hiding. There will be some Nineveh's that hit their knees in prayer and turn their hearts to God because of Jonah went out, because a couple of spies went into Jericho and said, God, where's the hungry ones? God, where are they at? God, help me to find them. Help me to do my part. Acts chapter 16, verse number 9. It says it like this about the Apostle Paul. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia. This is not a real person. But this was a vision that the Apostle Paul received from the Lord. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Paul had a vision. He saw somebody from Macedonia. Uh, Maybe it was a land. I don't know exactly if he'd ever been there, but... uh, God spoke to him. God used this vision to say, hey, we're in Macedonia. Come over here and help us. Talk to us. It says that after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. He knew exactly, okay, I'm hearing a call from Macedonia. What I'm going to do is Matthew 28, 19. It's Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 20. I'm going to preach the gospel. If God says, hey, somebody's in Macedonia, I'm going to Macedonia, and I know what to do. i got my elevator pitch, if you will. I know it's the gospel. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And God brought revival to Macedonia because somebody heard a cry and allowed God to lead them and to use them. And there is a cry right here in Latham, but not just in Latham. I'm going to say like this, the San Joaquin Valley that is crying out. Amen. There's, a, there's an alcoholic father in this city. There's an abused wife in this city. There's, a, there's an educated man and woman in this city that is crying out, send somebody to help me. And if we allow God to speak to us, we can hear the cry of Lathrop, the cry of San Joaquin Valley. God sent somebody to reach me. Sent somebody to help me, God. God, use somebody. Let somebody knock on my door. Let somebody knock on my door. Let somebody tell me something's, there's something more in life. When I first met Brother Joe Fernandez, he goes to our church. When I first met Brother Joe, he was telling me about how he came to the Lord. And how he first came to church. And how God worked his life. He said, I was praying already that God would send somebody to me. I was praying that God would uh, send somebody to knock on my door. I need answers. I got questions. I know there's more. Send somebody. He said he was there living, I think, in Fairfield at the time. And finally, it was a Saturday afternoon. And Brother Shane Golden's church went out and outreach that day. And they knocked on Brother Joe's door. And he said, what took you so long? I've been praying for you guys to come. You never know. Sometimes that's the response of people. I've been waiting, Brother Paul. I've been waiting. 
I've been waiting, Sister Gina, for you to just invite me. I've been waiting, Brother uh, Cameron, for, for you just to step out and say, hey, there's, there's a gospel message that works. There's people that are waiting. There's people. There's Macedonian people in the scripture that are saying, send somebody to help me. Amen. It may be a carpet cleaner, Brother Lorenzo. Amen. It may be amen, a, a cable installer. It may be an internet installer, whatever it is that comes. And, and you just say, God, they're here in my house. What do I say? God says, just says, give them the gospel. Okay, God, here we go. A few years ago, we were just, we moved to Latham, but we were helping my mother and father get off of a, Think DSL or a slow dial-up internet connection, and uh, we were trying to get them out of the Stone Age and say, "Okay, faster internet." We had to wait all day, and we brought in the uh, internet installer guy. Remember that, Dad? We brought in the internet installer. He came to their house. He was hooking up wires, and we got to talking to him, similar to what you happened to you, Brother Lorenzo. We got to talking to the internet installer. Tell him, tell him about my dad started off because he's oftentimes more bold than I am. I'm praying, God, I want some of that boldness. He just started writing on him as soon as he walked through the door. And, you know, you kind of kind of realize, hey, you're in my house, so you got to be nice to me. That's the one thing I realized. When I have people come to my house for whether it be a notary or whatever. They're in my house. they got to be nice. they got to take my church card. So anytime I have a notary or someone come to my house or let me tell you about this church of mine here. Yes, you know, and we got to talking to the internet installer, and right there in the office in their house, we began talking. He began crying. He lifted up his hands, similar to Brother Lorenzo. He just began weeping, and we we laid hands on him and we prayed for him, and and God moved in that place, and God allowed that to happen. And if we were stepping out and say, okay, God, where's the opportunity in this day that you want to use me, we would have missed it. He, he lived a little bit further away, and we, we connected to him. We followed up, and we hear back. But you know what, Brother Walt? We planted a seed, and, and we were there. And who knows what the implications in his life were at that time. And we did unto the Lord, and, and God has since prospered. God has blessed. God has added to the church. And we feel, you know what? God can use me. And you can look back to a landmark moment in your life and say, I remember that time, Sister Andrea, when God used me. I, would, I bet he could do it again. God proved to me, Sister Gina, he can use me. So I'm going to see if God can use me again. There is a cry of a lost and a dying world in this city. And I'm coming to a close. And God has placed this church, your family, in the city and area that you're in to be a witness and proclaim the gospel. You say, how can I get involved? What can I do? I hear this message. I, I believe it. I receive it. What can I take with me? I'm going to give you something that you might think is silly. But we got these church pins. We got these church pins that are up by the front door. They're not just for guests. They're for you to take as much as you want, whenever you want. And they're not for you to take and keep. They're for you to take them as much as you can and give them out to somebody. If you're going to a restaurant, say, you know what? I'm going to go a little incognito today. I'm just going to give him a church pin. Say, here, take that pin. God bless you. I've been blessed. Whatever you want to say. Take my church pin. No, I'll go ahead and keep it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> and with a tip. She's got it. Don't, don't be giving it out and no tip. 
Give her her a 15% tip at least. Amen. Are you a waitress? Some of the waitresses are all about... I'll I'll talk to waitresses and they demand 20%. But this is an easy way. You take a pin and say, you know, here, take a pin. It's a nice shiny silver pin. It's got the church address and it's got the website on there. And you never know where that, that pin will go. As you're walking out the door tonight, there's cards up there. There's invitations. that We call them one-a-days. Some people take vitamins one-a-day or 15-a-day, whatever it is you're on. And we want to encourage you, hey, take one-a-day and give that to somebody. Let God use you. Let God give you the boldness. I'll tell you, the more you do it, the more you feel incentivized and emboldened and excited to do it again. Sometimes you just lose all inhibition. You used to start getting crazy with it. That's how I've been a few times. You're not even look, you're not even saying, okay, that guy looks like he's hungry, that guy looks like he doesn't want God. You're not doing that. You're just what I did a few days ago, walking out of the Starbucks. Again, I say Starbucks. Walking out of Starbucks, I just some guy had his headphones in on his computer. Took out his headphones. Sir, I'd like to give you a church card. Here's an invitation to our church. We're having a miracles healing service on Sunday. Oh wow. I told him a little bit more about the church and what God's doing. And he went back to put his headphones in and working. I, you start getting bold. You know what? I don't care. I don't care. I'm just going to step out and see if God will use me. And you begin to realize, you know what? If I'll just simply sow a seed, Brother Lorenzo, if I'll sow a seed, Sister Cameron, if I'll just say, okay, I'm just going to start throwing some seed in the ground and let's just pray over it, let's fast over it, let's water it, amen, with tears, and let's just see if there will be something that comes out of the ground because... Jonah, God told you, just go to Nineveh and preach this message. Take what I've given you, Jonah, and just lay it on the line, and I'll do the rest, Jonah. Come on, those two spies that went to Jericho, amen, just tell just tell them what I tell you, and I'll do the rest. There's people that are looking for God. There's people that are looking for answers, and they want somebody to tell them about God. God's going to use this church. Today can be the service that turns around and will be with the future of this church. And people step out with the boldness and the courage and say, God, I'm going to be part of what you're doing. I'm going to be used by God. I may never get in a pulpit and shout and watch blood vessels come out my face and get red in the face and spit on people, but I can witness to somebody. I can witness to somebody. I can share what I've been given. The word of God. It works. It works. It works. Pick up a church pen. Grab a one a day. Invite someone to church. Repost an Instagram post from the church account. That'll set you apart. Post a scripture on your social media. Send that text message to as many on your phone that are in your area. Do it. See what God will do. You start getting crazy. You know what? I'm going to find somebody that wants God. I'm going to find him. There's people that are looking. They're, they're just waiting. They're watching. You, you, put a, you put a social media post. Say, you know what? Y'all need to come to this church. This church is just on fire. It's blown up. There's miracles happening. There's there, the... the God's moving all kinds of ways. Text a friend, a family member. 
Even better yet, show up for Saturday outreach. Just say, you know what? That's it. I'm overcoming my fears. Let's just do this. It takes sometimes just, just saying, you know what? I'm just going to do this. God, you're going to help me. A few years ago, my brother Paul had a nice little birthday. And we, we wanted to celebrate his birthday by skydiving. And at first I said, I'm with you, brother Paul. I'm going to skydive with you. And then we got there to the, the skydiving station in Lodi. And I said, I'm going to take a rain check. Probably another time we be better. I'm, I'm not feeling too good right now. And I gave him all the excuses. And, and finally he was like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to skydive. I'm going to have fun. It's my birthday. So I, I sat there and I walked on the couch all, you know, scared and discouraged and, you know, fearful. And I watched Paul get all strapped up and said, man, let's just do this. Sometimes you got to watch somebody else do it. If you're hanging around the right people and they step out and do it, you start getting, you know, let's just do this. Come on. It's not that bad. And we, we went up there and, and I was praying and repented every last sin I could think of. And I made sure, God, my heart's right with you, God. If there's anything from my 1995 or whatever year it was, God, forgive me. And I was making sure I was right with God because when I jumped out, I want to live and I want to go to heaven. And, and I was crying. I was scared. And of course, I landed and I said, I wasn't scared. That wasn't bad. I wasn't scared. Not that bad. Let's do it again. You got it's on it's on video. We got the video. I was praying, but I didn't. I can I can I stand here today and see I overcame my fears. I did it. And you can stand here on Sunday and say, you know what, Pastor? I just did it. I did it. I, I gave someone a one day and I told them about Jesus. It wasn't that bad. I wasn't that scared. And it was exciting. God used me. Hey, Pastor, look, they're showing up in the parking lot. They're here, Pastor. Can you believe that? Let's do it again on Saturday. It'll happen for this church as we say, God, I'm throwing my two cents in the mix. I want to get involved. I'm jumping in, God. And I'm not going to let somebody else get my crown. I want to have, amen, my own trophy. Amen. I want to have, amen, my own testimony. Show up for outreach. Knock a neighbor's door. And then here's the other part that we don't always talk about when it comes to outreach and evangelism. Show up to church on Sunday morning. On Wednesday night, prayed up. Show up to church Sunday morning, prayed up. Get up early. Get yourself ready. Put on that necktie. You're a man. Get ready for church. Put on that beautiful dress, skirt, outfit for the theater woman. And get ready for church. And just get there and say, God, I'm going to come prayed up. Because God, when that... When the pastor, when Brother Walmer gives the altar call on Sunday morning, God, I want you to use these hands, God, to pray for somebody to get victory. I want you to use my hands, God. Uh, pastor's got nice hands or ugly hands, but God, just use my hands, God. Let me be a part of what you're doing, God. I want to show up to church, prayed up, ready to go, saying, God, use me. Let me be a part. Prayed up. Rested up. Go to bed early on Saturday night. Stop staying up all hours of the night. Go to bed early. Come on, we're talking about some basic stuff now. Get some sleep. Pray early. Seek God. Come ready. When, we, when I was younger, I was in basketball. We, The basketball team got together for the game. We started chanting and jumping and screaming. It's game time, game time, game time. We got all excited and we got that right mindset. Game time. Time to get live. Time to represent. We had a little chant. You know, we're, yeah, yeah, it's time. We, we kind of do that still in the church. We do that in a pre-service prayer. We're saying revival time, God. 
Revival time. God, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm stretching. I'm exercising. I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I can, God. Now it's time, God, that you're going to have to help us to work together as a church and see some reproductive activity in the church service because this is an apostolic church. Amen. And there should be revival. There should be Holy Ghost and feelings and water baptisms and deliverances and salvation and redemption. It should happen if the church gets ready, comes ready, and prays up and says, God, it's time. I pray, I fasted, I've given my tithes, I've evangelized, I'm rested up, God. I'm ready to go. Let's have revival in 2019. Let's have a move of the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Show up to church. Come early. Pray. Get some rest. And when they come, it never stops, just in case you're looking for when it's going to stop. When they come, connect to them. That's part of evangelism. Hey, there's new people here. You say, well, I, I was there on Saturday. Bless God. I ain't got to go say hi to them. That's part of evangelism. The magnet has got to be the magnet wherever it is. The magnet has got to work. And so it's Sunday morning and there's visitors coming in. Hey, I'm still a magnet. I'm still evangelizing. It's good to have you with us. We're glad you're with us in the house of God. Amen. We're excited to have you. It's going to be a great time with you. What do you need? And, and everybody's just working in unison. And there's there's this flow. It's a smooth, uh, well-oiled machine that's just working. And we're all plugged in. And we're uh, that that magnetic attraction is working. And people come in and say, wow, these people are happy. They're excited. They're prayed up. Amen. They're, it's, they, this is going to blow up. It's explosive. It's combustible. Amen. Then uh, connect to them. Amen. See if there's people that are that, are, that want to know more about the Lord and direct them to a Bible study. Amen. Connect with the guests and visitors. Say hello. Amen. Don't make a beeline for your car when service is over. Stick around and say, who can I, who do I need to talk to today? Who can I talk to? Who can I connect to? I haven't talked to the new visitor. I go, say hello to that person. Let's take some time and connect. Let's, let's uh, take a new guest to lunch. Let's uh, fellowship, connect. Let's meet one with another. Let's be a part of the church of the living God. Stand with me today. I'm closing. I'm, I'm through tonight. Amen. I'm excited. God is here tonight. I'm going to leave you with this story tonight. It's the story of a man by the name of Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe was an Olympic athlete who competed in the 1912 Olympics. And this story of Jim Thorpe exemplifies what we can accomplish when we are willing to let go of excuses. He was an American Indian, a.k.a. minority, from Oklahoma and was representing the United States in track and field in the 1912 Olympics. On the morning of Jim Thorpe's competitions, as he would stand before all the people and perform, put out his greatest uh, amount of energy and perform his best feat, on the morning of his competitions, his special running shoes were stolen. He couldn't find them. They were gone. Gonzo. They were gone. Nowhere to be found. 
Jim Thorpe was getting ready for his big competition. And in the midst of the preparation, he says, who stole my running shoes? Somebody took his running shoes. As the story goes, fortune uh, would have it. Jim ended up finding two mismatched, mixed-sized shoes in the garbage can. He found some shoes, two shoes, one right, one was left. One was a different color from the other. One was bigger than the other. So it wasn't his size. But that's what he found. And as the story goes, I have a picture of it on my phone. I took a picture of it as I came across this. To improvise for the mixed sizing in the garbage can shoes that he found, he ended up wearing extra socks on one of his feet so it would fit him better. So he has this... His two feet, different shoes. One's got lots of socks on it. One's got a little bit of sock on it. And he's supposed to be out there performing for all the people. And his, his shoes get stolen, but he finds some trash can shoes. And he doesn't give an excuse. He says, okay, I don't got the best situation here. I, I don't have the best of, of circumstances. I haven't been dealt the, the best cards uh, there's not everything in my favor. It's not as smooth as it was back home in Oklahoma when I was practicing. Here I am in the field. I, I'm ready to go. And I don't got my running shoes. He could have stopped and said, well, I, this is done. I can't, I can't run without my shoes. I've trained with these shoes. This is all I know. Amen. But Jim Thorpe, David, said, I'm going to improvise. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to not give an excuse. I'm going to say, let's go forward. Let's run this race. And so wearing those shoes that day, Jim went on to win two gold medals in those competitions. If Jim didn't resign to the excuses that we all use, he would not have won those medals. If we'll determine not to resign to excuses in winning souls, how many trophies of heaven can you and I have? If we say, you know what, uh, yeah, this church is not uh, the big church. This church is not uh, doesn't have all the money. This church doesn't have, uh, it's not perfect. Uh, and this, and then, you know, looking at my life, I got these problems in my life. I got insecurities. Looking at my life, you know, I, I got a speech impediment. Uh, I look ugly. My teeth are funky. Uh, whatever it is, I don't have nice clothes. I have a nice car. And we look at all these excuses. I don't come from the right background. And we start just minimizing and say, I can't run the race. I can't compete in the competition. I can't be a soul owner. I can't be used for God because I lost my shoes. And somebody stole them. All I got is mismatched, mixed size shoes. And I look terrible. But Jim Thorpe said, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to improvise. We're going to make it work. And if we, amen, we'll determine not to resign to excuses in winning souls. We will have the trophies of heaven that we will have. And we'll say, yeah, I remember I won that man to God. And I was having a bad day on that day. I remember witnessing that person on the day that I lost my grandpa, on the day that I lost my dad, on the day that my mom walked out of my, on my dad, on the day that I, I got fired. I remember I, I just said, okay, I ain't got the right shoes, but you know what, honey? I'm just going to run this race, and I'm going to see if God will use me. So what if life isn't fair? What if life isn't fair? You're not a people person, or you feel timid around new people. What are you going to do about it today? What are you going to do about it today? What are you going to do about it tomorrow? What are you going to do about this weekend? 
or next month or, or the rest of the year. Whatever you have been dealt with in life, whether it be in stolen shoes, ill health, failed relationships, financial constraints, don't let it stop you from running your race. Don't let the excuses and sideline you and stop you from being the Christian and the person that God's called you to be. Don't let stolen shoes stop you from fulfilling the Great Commission because when it's all said and done, Sister Gina, God's going to look back and say, my last words and testament, my last will and testament, did you remember my last words? Yeah, Lord, but I didn't always, I didn't think you meant me, God. And God, you knew I had some hard times. And God said, I told you, it's go ye therefore as you go into all the world, proclaim and publish the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection. Each one of us is called to this race. And you and I can experience more in life and what God has for you. If you'll get over the excuses and get on with living. Get on with revival. I lost my shoes. Things are messed up. Okay, Jim Thorpe. But you still got a race to run. Are you going to sideline it? Are you going to be a wallflower? Are you going to show up and say, God, use me? God, it's not perfect. I understand that. But you call me to run this race, God. You've called me to finish my course. I don't got the heritage, God. I know you, I know. there's a lot of things. But I wonder if we could hear the voice of God saying, that's why I chose you. That's why I chose you. That's why I called you. That's why I brought you into this. Because when it's all said and done, you could realize it wasn't about me. It wasn't because I was uh, skilled and qualified. It was because I was available and because I had a right spirit that God said, I'm going to use you because when I use you, you're not going to take glory for yourself and you're going to realize and the world will realize it was God and all God and nothing but God. And God wants to get the glory in this place today. Amen. Hallelujah. i like us to close Amen, if you will, by coming down to this altar. Amen. i like this church to come down to this altar tonight. And i like us to come with our hands uplifted. I am not preaching a message about necessarily just you and the people in this place tonight. But I am preaching a message, amen, that is going to impact this world around us. Come on, would you come tonight? And would you come with hands uplifted and reaching out to Him right now? Come on, let's just take a few moments as we close this service. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice that says, God, I've got to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be involved in the kingdom of God. I want to build upon that spirit of revival in my church. And I want to see this thing go forward. Come on, I want you to pray tonight. Lord, let me hear the prayers of the Macedonian people in my city. God, let me see some Rahabs that are looking for an answer, that are looking for a way out of 